This episode may contain triggering subjects, such as sexual and graphic violence. Hello, and welcome to Bad at Love. Hey, I'm Tamu. I'm Mallory, your other host. Yay! <laughs> Yay! You never seem like overexcited to start these podcasts. I don't know how to start them. That's why you just say, "Hey, what's up?" Hi! You go in with confidence because everybody loves us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we may not get an email, but we get messages through Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> better. That's, that's what we're going for. That's better. I feel. <laughs> Today we are going to be talking about Amanda Seals, one of her episodes, correct? Episode 28? I don't know what her episode is, but she has a show called Small Doses, and this episode I thought was pretty good to kind of talk about was she talked about the side effects of a breakup. Indeed, yes. It was a different... I had actually never watched uh, or listened, I should say, to the show before. Was this your first time listening or do you keep up? I don't keep up because I'm busy listening to local or smaller podcasts Aww. most of my days, but... I, when her, when her show first came out, I did listen to a couple of her first episodes of it. Yeah, I, it was very, I mean, obviously she's got some pretty good editing going on, some fancy stuff that I'm very envious of. Well, sure. One day, one day. You, when you can make money moves, that's what happens. Right, so, right. Yeah. When you can actually have the time. Bing bong! <laughs> Side effects. Noises. I was going to say, effects. I was like, are we just like hiring Bjork? Sure. Oh, that'd be so great. <laughs> Side effects of a breakup. She sings in her. She does all the time. She's, you know what? You don't do that half as often as you used to. Wow. You used to sing random lines. Well, all the time. I mean, different different stories. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes on our old podcast, we needed a singing break in between <laughs> to help us get through the hard all, times, <laughs> all the semen. <laughs> I still use our first episode of that podcast as like a main like. All right, this just started us started us off. It kind of was the best way to start, and we really didn't finish with a bang, so to speak. But mm, well, you know, one of these days we'll we'll do a an homage to Trashy Book Nook and God. I feel like Jackie Collins is an homage. I don't feel that way at all. But well, that's because like it's. Different. There's yeah, not. I mean, there's no cyborgs. There's no, no dragon shifters. There's a. There's no unicorn shifters. No, there's no but there shifters. May, there may as well be well, for all the drama that happens. A lot going on in that book. There's so much going on. One of these days, guys, we'll record that episode <laughs> when we finish it. <laughs> Eight hundred page book. Oh my god! It's and every chapter, every chapter. Here's a prequel. Just every single chapter is just. See so much I is like happening. It. It's such I a good... No, I don't. Because to me, I'm just like, good lord. Like, every single person inside their mind is just You know, so... that probably helps you with my Game of Thrones training at this point. Yes, it yes. It probably was my pre-training to Game of Thrones. That's so definitely... That is what it is. Because literally, like, there's one person that's okay in this entire book thus far that I've started reading. And I'm Ooh. worried about her. Who's that? Oh, Montana? No. I mean, like, I like her no bullshit, but she still plays some games or whatever. But, like, oh, I'd the say blonde chick? the angel is, yeah. like, the most innocent everything. Probably the only, like, I'm a good person. Sure. And, but like, it's hard and I'm like, I'm getting worried. I'm getting worried. <laughs> I'm like, no, angel, no. <laughs> you should be. <laughs> You're the one who got her life together, and now what? Right. <laughs> and we really segued off of what we Indeed, were supposed to yes. talk about. So that was a prequel into that. But so since we typically um, have been talking about relationships and breakups and all that kind of stuff, I thought it was probably a it's a good little mashup of what we've talked about to kind of see like, am I crazy or <laughs> are other people feeling the same way I'm feeling about things? So that's kind of why I thought it would be kind of interesting to listen to her perspective on it and see what pe- what she thinks and what other people right. think. Because she also, unlike us, gets emails <laughs> and questions from people. 
Well, I think the the only thing that I will say about this episode, because it was interesting to hear her perspective. There's a lot that I did agree about and was like, oh, yeah, okay, I can see that perspective. I guess uh, I, being the literal-minded person that I am, would have loved also, like, statistically, like, that kind of stuff. Statistics? Just something of being like, this is what the brain does, and that's why it's fucked up. Or this is what the whatever, and instead it was factual opinion. Yeah, because it's great. about what you go through. You, fucking science on a breakup. <laughs> she Sci- said in the show, like, there is no, you know, there's no one way that this goes, right? There it, is no one way, but... Oh, my God. I do think. You like, need to have like, more breakups and shakeups then, girl, because <laughs> then you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's true. There's no... No one goes through this in the same way. No, 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 no. I'm saying that the brain does do certain things, and that's why you react a certain way. Like, okay. that would have been cool to hear. Dessa. Whatever. Wow. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm not saying that it was a shitty-ass show to listen to. I didn't say it. I'm not, not defending <laughs> it in that regard. I'm just saying, like, what kind of stats do you want on a breakup? Not that- stats on a breakup. I'm saying as in, like, a... Okay, here's... I loved everything that she did in there, too. And then also saying, like, also, you're not fucking crazy because the brain does this and also blah, blah, blah. But... Wow. It would have been cool. I'm not saying that, like, it would have... Yeah, so, Amanda, if you should ever listen to this, girl, you need to... She's not going to care. Research this project She's not researching anything. Instead of just talking about how it actually is in real life. She she would hear me and then she would legitimately be like, ah, you're taking my glow. Go away. Delete. Delete. She would not give a fucking asshole about it. She would not give an asshole about it. So the first thing that she did kind of talk about was um, as you go through the breakup and that whole situation is like, are you missing a relationship or are you missing this relationship? Because I like the way that she kind of said that whole, she made it like you're constructing a world with someone. Oh, yeah. And you're fitting them into this thing. And then all of a sudden that's gone. But are you missing that person? Are you missing that construct and that feeling that you were receiving from the relationship per se. Oh, for and sure. And that's really something that's interesting that I don't think a lot of people really think about with it. Because I know we just kind don't. of all go through our emotions of like, oh, it's so, and your feelings, and you're just all in it, and it just kind of sucks. So this was kind of a good way. It's a really good way to kind of think about it in a more logical sense, like you would. Well, um, it's taking a step outside of yourself because I know I've said it or seen it with many other people. Like you see the breakup thing and how they like jump immediately into another relationship or how they jump, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. And me being like, okay, you don't actually like this. You just want, want it because to. you miss this. Exactly. But and it's easier to say that when you see that than to be in it and right. realize what's going on and inside yourself. And I think that yourself. that speaks more to being self-actualized and really right. working within yourself because it, if you personally, and it's no shade to anybody no. who does this in a way, but jumping from relationship to relationship, I personally feel doesn't do you any service and doesn't do the person that you're in jumping into a relationship with any service as well. I think it's a disservice to everybody because mm-hmm. you should take some time, go through the rules of Charlotte, mm-hmm. sex in the city wise. If it takes, and Amanda also mentioned this too, if it takes a month, it takes a month. If it takes, you know, a day or two, it takes a day or two, just depending on where you were in that level of situation. But like figuring out what happened here that are kind of red flags per se. Right. So that you go, I don't want to, I don't want to have this emulate again. And another thing, like you just keep reliving the same things over and over again because you're supposed to be learning from them. But if you refuse to do the learning part, you're just going to keep stumbling into these situations and they're not going to be good for you. Well, and I think that that's because most people, when they break up, there's so many things going on. There's the, um, oh, I want to win the breakup, which could be an issue, you know, that kind of thing. You look into, look at it, you know, it's almost like they become uh, an enemy of whatever sorts. Mm-hmm. And like you, like there's weird different focuses of being like, let that go, focus on yourself. Mm-hmm. Like you can't allow that to shape who you are anymore. And the longer the relationship, the harder that is, I think, because you are building those foundations with each other. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden it's gone. And then it's like, who am I now without that? Right. And so, yeah, that's why I think that it's, it's hard to look at it yourself and realize because 
who's going to say, I'm going to stop and learn from this experience. Right. Like, what did I do wrong? No one wants to do that because that's the icky, gross work that yep. you have to do that sucks. So you want to look at yourself and be like, wait a minute. What? I'm oh. fucked up? Oh, no. That's going to take forever right. to fix. Let me just fuck some next dude or next chick or whatever and move on. And that's, I don't find that to be the most healthiest way to do it. No. Sometimes that works. Sometimes you might need to, you know, shake those cobwebs mm-hmm. off and start fresh, but do it with some care and some thought to right. yourself. And I mean, there are some people who are able to immediately jump into another relationship and say, okay, also while we're doing this, because I enjoy you, I'm being open and honest, but I'm also going to be growing during this time and mm-hmm. who knows where I'm going to end up while we're together. Power to them if that's what they want to do in their relationship and stuff. And it's worked out beautifully sometimes, I've noticed. Some people are married now that I know that that has happened to because love is unexpected and can come at any time. Uh, I know, puke, but but for the most part, yeah, I'm very encouraging of self-reflection, taking the time that you need, not rushing yourself. And I I think that's the part, too, that I don't understand how people are able to rush themselves because as a logical person, I'm constantly rethinking and looking back and reassessing sure but there's also but there's a point where that becomes to be too much obviously it is too much that's why when I have <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that's what's weird is me being like how do you not do that and it's sure because I was programmed in that way as I grew up to constantly do that and not everybody is yeah well who programmed you to do that I don't know probably movies Disney Okay, so now we're... Blame everything on Disney. Blaming it on Disney. <laughs> blaming it on the shows. Again, blame it on the alcohol. Not enough uh, diversity growing up, that's sure. why. <laughs> so the other thing she did mention, too, which kind of goes along those lines, is to, um, if you want to ground yourself and get a reality check on things, like, write a list out of your good times and your bad times, mm-hmm. and really look at it to see, like, what outweighed the other, and that kind of helps you cement certain patterns and ways that you want to move forward mm-hmm. or even if you want to have that person back in your life in a certain capacity or even if you're like thinking about getting back together with them yeah reminder. think about like all of these things that you know might not be so great and the reasons why these things happen the way that they did how many times i've had friends are being like no 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 taking your phone taking your phone <laughs> And the best part, too, because I was like, girl, none of this is going to happen to me because I ain't going nowhere. I'm not doing anything. <laughs> I'm not getting back out there and doing anything like that. And she was like, the odds are high, even if you're a recluse, that you can still <laughs> meet the Uber Eats guy. <laughs> <laughs> so my chances of having my boo just meet me at my door is still high. Yeah, well. If I'd... only I answered my door. I was going to say <laughs> It's like, A, you have to answer your door, and B, that just means all you're going to do is, like, a very recluse version (laughs) of grocery shopping. Sure, but, like, (laughs) they can bring me all my things and give me, you know, pleasure and then leave. (laughs) (laughs) My God. Just moved to Las Vegas already. Ew. Why? Like a Jigabro? Yeah. Uh, You should watch that show. (laughs) Jigalos was such a good show. Anyway, so far. (laughs) You have all those things. I do. <laughs> Although I, she mentioned something else too, which made me laugh. She's like, you know, once you feel like you're healed, you know, there's all these different little levels that you can do. And she said the highest level of healing is oh, yes. you can <laughs> masturbate to an ex without crying. crying. I'm just like, ew. I laughed and then I was like, I bet that's true. <laughs> is it? I would, I've never, ever, ever done that. Well, I think that would depend on... That's not what's in my go-to... Well, what was in my go-to box On how I, it ended, though. Well, no, I mean, like, you don't... I don't ever think about exes and sexy moments and be no. like, yeah, let Neither me do I. recreate that. Eh, but yeah. I know some people who have, though. Really? It depends on how good the sex is, I think. Wow, I guess I just wasn't getting it right. <laughs> No, I mean, I know people who specifically, they're just like, I'm going back. This means nothing. I just, I really miss his But she just hands. means doing it yourself. Oh, doing it yourself for sure. Because, yeah. I don't even, that's not even anything that I would remotely, that's not where I go well, it's hard in for, my mind. Right. But I think that depends on how each sexualized a person is, though. Because in my head, it's really hard. Like, uh, even growing up in high school, I remember, like, just the biggest dickweeds ever. Like, you just do not want them in your garden at all. 
And people being like, yeah, but he's so sexy. And I was like, I don't even see his sex symbol because he's such an <laughs> asshole. Like, I was like, did you see him, like, shove over that person over there just because he was standing and he didn't like his face or something? Like, that's a, like, I can't even sexualize that. And some people are able to. <laughs> I don't know how. But. But I, I mean, that's. That's a different thing. Like, that's... Well, because some people are able to take away and be like, yes, this relationship broke off and it was terrible and how can we blah, 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 but he was so sexy and it was so good, so I'm just going to masturbate to that. I can't... And I I just can't... I can't do that. That's just not... Yeah, it's not in my... In my wheelhouse. But I thought it was hilarious and I guess that would be true. I was like, damn, really? (laughs) Then you're really, like, in Nirvana, I guess. Like, then you're a fucking yogi. I can separate the person from the action. Which I guess I just I've never, ever just gone back and thought about previous sexy experiences that I guess I've had, which maybe is sad, but I usually use my imagination. Oh, yeah. Imagination's great. It's a so beautiful tool. Maybe, maybe that's the issue is that not enough people have imaginations. I mean, that could be. <laughs> maybe they need to do what we did with Trashy Book Note, because let me tell you, I thought I had a good imagination, but oh a God. lot of books were written that I did not think were possible of happening, and they were. Yeah. <laughs> if those can exist, expand your mind. Ew, but I, again, girl, I'm not going to be like, ooh, yeah, and then this unicorn shifts, and then his oh. horn is his dick, and then his <laughs> I was Come gonna, on! I was gonna send you this picture because I'm now reading a book. I haven't gotten that far because I'm, I'm reading our book. You're reading another book on top of the book that I I read the first twenty pages and then I'm like, bitch, no, you ain't I need even to read, read twenty pages in the book that we're supposed to be reading for this show since June. It's called Wriggle and Sparkle. Oh God! And here's the back of the book. <laughs> Lynn is a kraken shifter in every way: detailed, tenacious, resilient, and hardworking. Also possessive, vain, arrogant, and de- demanding. It makes him... Oh, Lynn is a dude. It makes him an excellent agent for the Federal Bureau of Paranormal Security and Investigation. <laughs> <laughs> it's impossible to work... And impossible to work with, as a long list of partners who have transferred away from him will attest. His new partner is a unicorn, possibly the worst type of paranormal for work, because they're just so happy of all course, the time. Of course, of that often turns ugly and violent. The unicorn does? Everyone knows unicorns are too delicate for such things. Then Anderson provide, proves to be a unicorn like no other. So she's a unicorn he. of a unicorn. Oh, he! It's two guys! Yeah! Oh, nice! So he is like a unicorn of a unicorn. Like, he's the unicorn yes. of unicorns. Yes. Got it! The kind of partner Lynn has always wanted. The kind of partner he wishes he wishes was more, but if there was one thing he learned, it's that the only thing harder to keep than a partner is a lover. <laughs> How do you bang a crack? A lot shit of tentacle shit goes on. First of all, is there I haven't a- gotten to that part because, like I said, I read the first fifteen pages and then I was like, "This is gonna take over my time." I need How to can you book. be a crack and sh- see? Here we go. Mm-hmm. How can you be a crack and shifter on land? Is are they living? They're on a body human, of water, shifter, yeah, it's out. And then also but the fact that they the talk about what does the kraken shifter do on land when it shifts into a kraken? Here's the other thing that you need to remember. Or no, I should say is in the first 15 pages that I did read that sure. I was like, oh, this is getting more. Um, was that he has a sister, but then he talks about the fact that krakens can gender shift. And so when they were born, so he's a transgender. He, both kraken. of them are transgender. Him and his sister. Okay. Because they changed genders. Sure. When they became adults. So he chose to be a man. Correct. Yes. Okay. So he's a trans man. Yes. Okay. But it doesn't explain so the it's fact like there's that so much going on a kraken needs water to be a kraken. Yeah. Probably the scene what is, is he enough. Do the scene on is land? probably enough. Just just spray him with jizz. And he's like, I'm good. What is he gonna <laughs> do on how are you gonna bust paranormals as a kraken? I don't know. I haven't read the book. I haven't See, read again, it. again, this is why. <laughs> I'll let you know. Next. No, bitch, you need to let me know <laughs> about the book that we are fucking reading for two months already. <laughs> <laughs> fucking picking up a Kraken book? Come on, you know better. It's been literally three weeks since you I've had this book. You know better than to start a shifter book. You have training in this now. <laughs> That's why I stopped. <laughs> 
That's why I was like, oh, thanks, Gaia, for lending me this book. And I started it, and then I was like, mm, I'm going to put this down Yeah, now. thanks, Gaia. <laughs> Anywho. Anywho. Sidebarring back. She also says, don't doubt your gut. And oh, it's a yes. work in progress where, and she's, I think, even mentioned, she's like, you know, I feel like I'm two-thirds of the way there, but I still have... A third to go in terms of really listening well, yeah. to what your insides say. We're taught as women, I feel, to constantly second guess ourselves, I think. And so it's one of those things where it's like, we all have it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we just, and she mentioned it too. She's like, in business, I trust my gut no matter what, 100%. But she's like, in a relationship, there's still that little bit where they can get back in and gaslight you more and do different things like that. And I was just like, yeah, it's kind of true. Except I don't have a business, so I don't have a gut for that either. But if I did, maybe I would. <laughs> well, you can, it's not even just having a business. It's just in general, having a gut feeling in your business. Sure, I'm sure you've felt that way in your current job. There's well, certain I mean, ways that you like, I have a feeling. Let's be honest. I felt that way in these relationships right. too. And I just discarded them. Right. So. And that's because, you know. yeah, we don't want to be considered crazy for what we're doing. And another fun thing that she's, she said she listens to salsa music on during breakups because, A, she can't <laughs> understand. She doesn't speak Spanish, so she doesn't know the language of what they're saying. And the music is always up-tempo, so it always makes her feel good. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, they're saying other shit. Meanwhile, it's all about love. Yeah, right? yeah, like, yeah. So that was pretty funny because I was like, that makes fucking sense. Like, yeah, because she was like... You could be well, listening. Like you. Why I banned a bunch of songs. Yes. And so she was like, you could be listening to a song and it could be innocuous, but all of a sudden they mentioned something about purple and you're like, and she goes, he liked purple too. Oh my God. <laughs> and then you get triggered back into the yeah. feeling. So that I thought was hilarious because I was like, oh, I never thought to, li- maybe I could just always listen to Bollywood music then. Yeah. If I should ever end up in a situation like that again. Yeah. Because that always makes me happy. And I thought it was funny, too, because I just found one of my um, Oceana, which is a uh, New Zealand uh, music from uh, the Mori. So I just recently was listening to that on CD because I refound that CD. And so then she said that in the podcast. And I was like, oh, hey. Uh And I do have, like, active music or, like, happier music. (laughs) What does she say? She says she also has, like, a sad white girl playlist. (laughs) (laughs) Sarah McLaughlin and shit. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in the arms of the angels. Which makes sense. Like, I get it. That's the thing. Like, right? I can't listen to Sade. I can't listen to certain Prince songs. I can't listen mm-hmm. to certain Mary J. Blige. I can't listen to Mary J. Blige's early catalog. You could. Sadness. But I would recommend doing it in the shower. That way no one can hear you cry. It's not even about crying. For me, it, it takes it mm-hmm. to a deeper level where I end up in a really severe a depression place. and not happy, happy at all. So it's just best to listen to like, you know, <laughs> shitty music. Teeny bop music or something. <laughs> bop, do, da, not even well, that's not English, so there you go. <laughs> <laughs> They're coming back in tour again. Another another album. Whatever. I have friends who are super into Hanson. Were. No, they well, they are. Still? Yeah. They go to their every year they have a summit down in Tulsa. I'm sorry, there's a Hanson summit. Mm-hmm. And all their fans who are part of their fan club get to go and it's like this huge convention that's in Tulsa that they hop around in. There's so much about Oklahoma that's why you should never go. <laughs> I know so much because of my friends about this. Sure. They um, Mallory I didn't even the knew that they still exist until two years ago. Friend. But they it's because they started their own business. Uh-huh. So they have their own label and all that. So, so every year this is their way to give back to fans. Sure. By Hanson paying them two hundred dollars. Yeah. Pay me money <laughs> <laughs> for food and accommodations. Yep. <laughs> and our time. <laughs> and people do it. This is what I mean. Well, me and my mom, when we went on a road trip a couple years ago, we actually ended up going through Tulsa Mm -hmm. and stopping there. And um, Mm -hmm. the locals were talking about how they come back. Stopping there to Hanson Land. That was because you're a Hanson fan. I didn't even plan on going there. What do they call themselves? Hansonacs, Hansononians, Hansomaniacs. Mbappians. Mm. Mm. <laughs> they have a they have a beer. It's called Mbop or Mhop. Mhop is what it's called. Again, you know way too much about it. I do because my friend is obsessed. Sure, blame it on your friend. Maybe I do, Mallory. But the other thing was is because when we were in Tulsa, someone brought it up because they like because at the hotels they put it on there, and then I was like, 
oh, this is where they go to. And she was like, yeah, they're actually pretty local and they do a lot of stuff for like they still live here. So I was like, really? This is a small ass town. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I wouldn't come back, but. Not. <laughs> but Tulsa was very cute. So it's like a very, very, like if you took like a square foot of Minneapolis and put it. In Which is sad because a lot of people from bigger cities think that this is not a big city. Oh, no, it's not. <laughs> I mean, it would literally be an inch of New York City. Sure. Pudding. Yeah. Putting there. That's cute. <laughs> they probably have like a main street and stuff like that. They have like yeah. a bus that goes around six blocks that you can Aww. hop onto so you can get around town. Cute. So. So yeah. much for that, Tulsa. <laughs> it's cute. I mean, it was quaint and cute enough that my mom was like, we should move here. And I was like, no. Well, she should move there because she's used to living, you know. She wants In to a tiny, there. tiny town. But now Arizona is where she wants to go. So. Oh, well, may that Blessings upon you. And check your shoes for scorpions. Check your everything for scorpions. It's a real issue there. As long They also have vampire bats. You know what? I feel like since I'm a scorpion, then I would have would not have the problems that other people have there because I am a scorpion already. So they'll be like, oh, she's a sister and, and then they just let me go free and they wouldn't go into my shoes and shit. Do you think that you're, like, a person, like, that dude who could tell rats what to do? Except no, I'm just saying. It's my zodiac sign. So they'll be like, oh, we're getting the scorpionness like, emanating do, off of you. Do you think that they use their tail sure, to, like, like Morse code? She's a homegirl. And then they just leave you alone. Out. a benefit to having this fucking zodiac sign right <laughs> uh, what do scorpions eat are you leaving that out on the table for them or out on the patio or something you'd be like you can eat this over here no they would totally just leave me alone because oh. there are many other people to bother and they leave their own alone <laughs> that's what i'm saying you're so a scorpio fish leave me alone. <laughs> i'm a scorpio and then the never the twain shall meet you know, it's, it's worth it's worth investigating. You I would know like what? to see yes. some data on it. Let's, yes, let's <laughs> you know what? Let's do some anecdotal evidence. Let's go all the way to Arizona. I and... would like some statistical data <laughs> upon this. Oh my god! Okay, so back to Amanda again. So I'm just keep segueing away from it. So later on in her show, she um, talks about like. Her construct for breakup management, where she breaks it into three buckets of physical, mental, and emotional. And so for her physical, she mentioned things like, you know, working out or going dancing or doing anything that kind of increases your endorphins and kind of gets that dopamine going so that you are not sitting around wallowing, like, or even cleaning or just doing things that get you moving. Because it also takes things off your mind. Sure, it takes things off your mind. I mean, I you think... focus on something. Like when Bjorn and I broke <laughs> Sven and I broke up. That's who it was. I was in my room like, oh my God, I can't like look at these curtains and I can't look at these sheets because they're sheets that we laid on mm. and did stuff on. And I, I mean, they were obviously clean sheets, but right. there still were like vestiges of that stuff. So I went to Bed Bath & Beyond and I bought yes. curtains and I bought new sheets and I did... The whole nine yards and chucked all that other shit out of the way to kind of, like, bring some new energy in. So, kind of stuff along those lines. Have you watched the show Glow? No. There's a point in there where one of the women, she had been cheated on. And so when they decided to get a divorce and she was in the house and he took the baby. And so then she is literally, like, one day, she sells one thing that was out because he had tried to ask her about the bed. And like, what bed do we have? Um, so then he could get it too. Mm-hmm. She just was like, fuck this. So she just decides to sell it. And someone, she sells it for a super cheap price, just trying to get rid of it. And then all of a sudden she just looks at the house and is like, okay. And she just puts up all these signs to sell everything in the household. Absolutely get rid of it. And then just shows her afterwards, just like drinking and sitting on the floor and smoking a cigarette and just be like, yes, this is... I mean, that's a way to go with it where you <laughs> could do a waiting to exhale and literally, like, throw all their shit outside and light a match to mm-hmm. it and let it blow up. That could be another way to do it as well. Probably a less safe way. Less safe. I mean, but... at least she got she got a very 
and I, small well, amount of money, but you know, Angela Bassett's character didn't need money because they were rich technically, yeah. but um, still the police had to come to say like, "What are you doing?" And he's like, <laughs> "Burning his shit." <laughs> but I get it, like the whole idea of being—it's it's just like the music where it's like this was our song, and now I can't listen to it right now because mm-hmm. it includes him. Yeah, just reminds you of that feeling. So the other one was mental, and <laughs> she said. You can't figure anyone out, which is why your statistical data seems flawed in that. She's like, because no breakups end the same and people are very different and you can't sit there and try to figure out why, why, why did this happen? Which is what, as we as women tend to do is be like, what did I do wrong? Why did this not work out? What was his problem or her problem or those sorts of things? Um, She was like, all you can do is work on yourself. Which is very true. Yes. You can't control anything else in the universe except yourself and your actions. Yes. And another thing she said, too, which is actually a pretty good idea, is to list what you're actually upset about. Right. Because then that'll help you focus <clears throat> on actual actions rather than all those crazy emotions that are tied up into yeah. it. So that's really a, actually a good, a that's good a, idea. That's you know, anything for life in general. Yeah, absolutely. Because... Because then that stops you from wondering, why did this happen? Like, Well, right. I mean, how many times are you in a fight with anybody and they ask you, well, what happened? And you can't even remember why you're angry. Sure. You just know that you are. Like, I'm just pissed at you. I'm just pissed. You know why. No, I really don't know why. (laughs) No, I don't. But you do. But you do. Because you fucked up because you looked at me sideways. Right. The last one was emotional. So she mentioned things like meditate. She said that meditating kind of resets your resets yourself, resets everything. So you kind of start from scratch and kind of clear out that negative energy and allow yourself to bring in new energy, which I thought was pretty interesting. She also said, you know, crying is good. Like, oh, yeah, we're taught to be strong and stiff upper lip it and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, crying is cathartic and it does kind of just let things out. There's nothing wrong with you for crying and it's perfectly fine. Don't go to the extreme of like, I don't know if you've ever seen, um, it's the movie with Diane Keaton in it. <sighs> I always think of the show New Girl. I'll figure it out. After she breaks up and she listens to that song nonstop on her like 45 or something like that. And it's just like this sad, sad song. She just locks herself in her room. <laughs> And then she just listens to it over and every time it stops, she just restarts it. And like everybody in the house is like, fuck. <laughs> Something's gotta give. Something's gotta give. Where she literally, when um, she finds out that, what's his face, Jack Nicholson is on a date with someone else, she sees him. Right. She cries for like, it seems like a month because it's literally a montage of her just like crying, crying, right, crying, right. crying. <laughs> At everything, like, all the time, crying on the beach, crying while she's writing, crying while she's eating breakfast, crying while she's doing all kinds of things. That's her mom's, or my mom's, like, one of her favorite movies. And then eventually she ends up laughing, but I feel like it took her, like, three months to do that shit, and I don't have that kind of time, so, I remember she's retired. (laughs) Within reason. She's a playwright, so she was trying to write her new, and that's kind of helped her get to that point. So, you know, there's that. She also mentioned therapy. She also mentioned creating things, like putting your emotions to work for you. So doing something creative to kind of get that Did you do any of these things? Uh, No, no. I cried. You cried? Wait, did I? I probably did. Because I I naturally... But a lot of me... Did things like this. Steeled steeled up within myself and was like, nah, fuck that shit. These fools are dead to me. Like, I literally had to kill them in my mind. I didn't have to kill Bjorn in my mind, but I did have to kill Sven in my mind. Like, I had to kill him. Like, I had to kill him. Did you recreate a Sims? (laughs) I did not, because I wasn't playing the Sims back then. But I had to be like, you're dead to me, so I have... I found, I have emails that we right. used to email each other. I put them in, I did a Carrie Bradshaw, like they were in a separate folder mm. in my Hotmail because that was what you used back then. Right, so right, right. they were still in a folder in my Hotmail somewhere. <laughs> out of sight, out of mind, you're dead to me, you know. Right, right, We're not. Right. We're so you didn't do the whole thing like I always did whenever there was that intense feeling of liking and all that kind of stuff. And then I realized I was like, nope, not doing this anymore. I would immediately be like, not going to think about that anymore, and I'm going to try something new. 
That's and so then nice. I would like purposefully choose something that I was like, I've never done this before, whether it be like, um, I think one of them was like, I had been knitting for a while, but like, I didn't know how to do certain things. Then I just like dedicated myself to that part of it. Sure. Or I would start doing specific events that I had never done mm-hmm. before. And whether if none of my friends wanted to go, then I'd be like, guess I'm going alone. And not knowingly I was doing mm-hmm. some of this stuff where I just like, I don't even... For me, unfortunately. Then I could rationally look at it later and be like, okay, like emotions are gone. It was different because... <laughs> but you were in a very long... It doesn't even matter about that, but I'm also dealing of, with a lot of my own depression issues right. and that sort of stuff. So right. I hadn't really fully dealt with depression and developing coping skills in general. Right. Yet alone trying to figure out how to deal with relationship loss and, you know gains and destructions and mm-hmm, all mm-hmm, those sorts mm-hmm. of things. So for me, it was more like, just going to shut that shit down, going to cut that part of my arm off, going to tourniquet that shit up, and going to keep it moving, and just going to keep it moving. And then at nighttime, you'd be like, but are you keeping it moving? Are you really keeping it moving? <laughs> no, because they're creeping back into your fucking brain. So it's that kind of thing where you're like, I just... I basically built up a wall yeah. and I shut myself off, which is why I'm trying to break that, was that your now. Mechanism. And so that was the way I could cope with it was just to be like, boop, it's gone. You stuff it in a box, you stuff it underneath something, and you keep stacking shit in front of it, around it, and underneath it to make sure that it doesn't pop out anywhere. It's kind of like the Hoover Dam. There's a crack. Just put a piece of bubble gum. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> stick your finger in the dam. <laughs> oh, the water's not leaking anymore. We're fine. Yeah, we're fine. We're good. Don't look at it. Don't look at me. <laughs> so, yes, it was more along those lines. I think if I have to, I say if, because at some point we're going to have to. Oh, yeah. I got uh, another email, by the way. From <laughs> that one was the day prior, though. What you didn't say? Oh, was that the one you sent me? No. No, I was going to, but I can't remember. It was the day. <laughs> you were busy. I got the email, and it was while I was at work, and I was like, okay, I'm going to have to send this later. And then two days later, I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot about that. Well, see, now you've wrecked our chances for life. Oh, wrecked our chances. <laughs> I'm so sure. You couldn't even do this one, remember? You're too old. Yeah, but I kind of feel like I should go Just now go and be anyway. like, here's my ID. What are you going to say to me, bitch? <laughs> you want me here or not? <laughs> They'll be like, could you stand outside and wait for your friend? You can be in the back. (laughs) If they do that, you better believe that I'll be fucking on Twitter being like, this is happening right now, ageism, right here in my face. (laughs) All I know is if that would happen, every guy that would like come to me or whatever, I'd be like, there's actually another one that's outside. If you want to go. She's an old cow. Oh, yeah. However... (laughs) She's feisty. They're not his old cow. They She's haven't had right. you yet. That's ew. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. They have it. <laughs> it has to be after the fact. That is true. That is true. That is true. So yeah. So then she was like, also like with therapy, you can either go to therapy. Yes. You can find friends that aren't like negative friends or be like, girl, you just need to let that shit go. Like people who might actually spend, have the time and the capacity within themselves who are not also broken to listen to you. Right. And not even to provide a suggestion, but just to listen. I don't necessarily feel like I talked about a lot of this stuff when I was going through it with my own friends. I mean, well, because there were you were trying to shut time, it out. Even. Obviously, I just tried to shut that down. Uh, but there were points in time where, like, I ended up breaking down, like, in front of Madeline or whatever. And I was just like, I can't do this. And, you know... You have your moment where you do stuff like that, or like I've had my Hillary moments where I'm like, I'm never gonna have a baby, mm-hmm. you know that kind of stuff. And they've been wonderful in terms of just you're okay, you I know what you. I mean? Yeah. So that's that was wonderful. Like if I had somebody who was like, just get over yourself, or like when I was younger, my friend in high school just basically told me to go kill myself Jesus because Christ. I kept saying I wanted to. <laughs> She's like, then do it. Just fucking kill yourself already because I'm tired of hearing about it. Wow. You know. So that's that's the difference in that distinction of like people who will support that, mm-hmm. and even if they're like, oh, I can't listen to this again, but they they love you and they understand that this is a process for you, and you know, and eventually they would be like, you should probably go talk to somebody else. And, oh yeah, and that's something that you should listen to as well, because if your friends are suggesting that for you, mm-hmm. it means that they don't have the capacity to give you what you need to move forward, and they want that for you. So definitely look into that option right because it's done out of love it's not it done is. like it's not to say you're it's, crazy it's not to say that there's something wrong with you it's just more of like 
we cannot give you what you need, which is right. figuring out how to cope with the situation. And we're still there to support and to you, and that's why we're, we're still this. here. Because I've said that to a friend before, and they took such offense sure. to it. And I was like, this isn't as that. I'm just noticing that there was a pattern for this past month mm-hmm. of you telling me that you've been feeling hopeless, completely helpless, that there's nothing you can do in life, that there's not, mm-hmm. you know, and I am just letting you know that it's like, there's only so much I can do. And perchance, maybe you should talk to a therapist because if you're feeling this way, I don't want it to go down an even deeper, darker sure, path. absolutely. And they took it as, I didn't realize it was a burden on you. And I was like, you're not. That's not what I'm saying. I can't give you I'm what you I'm just saying need. that this is all I can give you. Sure, and I feel like and you like, need more. You need more mm-hmm. than just me sitting here being like, that sucks that this is happening to you. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It can be really hard to do that, too, on both sides. To hear it's- it and to be the one to say, hey. Absolutely. I mean, it's it takes strength on both on either ends. I hate saying on both sides because it reminds me of what's going on in political world. Oh, for sure. In both situations, it does make it it makes sense. Not everybody's receptive to hearing it because for sure. they're very where defensive are. about it. It depends on where you are, but know that it's not coming from a place of meanness. It's coming from a place of love, and it is something that you should think about doing if you're in a situation where you're like, I just can't seem to get out of this place. Right. Because none of us are therapists unless you actually have friends who are therapists. And even therapists. But even then you shouldn't do that because, you know, that's too close of a relationship. Right. So, and and therapists see therapists, you're right. And I would also say, thankfully, we're slowly trekking into an area of it being better and right. And we're reducing that stigma of mental illness being something that's bad or you know, a taboo subject right. to talk about. So, well, it's hard not to when we have the internet and like if we've had enough big names mm-hmm. have moments and that have ended and, their lives yeah. that have caused conversations. Right. And people who were like, but they were so happy and loved and like being like, that doesn't mean you're understanding, realize, yeah, you're, mm-hmm. you're finally seeing that it's like that doesn't mean. Mm-hmm. Success doesn't mean happy, like from the outward perspective of happiness doesn't mean. And thankfully that is becoming better. Yes, I, I think it is. I think if we, if we were in this situation, like if I was growing up now in this situation, A, I would probably never want to because of social media, <laughs> but <laughs> I don't think I'd make it. But knowing that that stigma is, is being shed, I think that I probably would have ended up having help earlier because my parents would have been more amenable to doing that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I would have had a different foundation set for myself going forward. I wish my parents would have talked about it more. Like I didn't find out until I was well into college, if not past college, that my mom was on a very, very low form of antidepressant. Mm -hmm. And me being like, really? Like I didn't, she's like, it's just enough to take the edge off. Like, and this is kind of, and I was like, I wish I would have known because I feel like, because I know with my whole entire life, I was very strong, very everything, not in a, I need to keep the family together type of way, but more in a way of like, I know that there's other struggles out there. That's why I must not talk about my own problems. Mm-hmm. Trying to rework through that and sure. being like, no, it's okay to talk about those things because just because, you know, for whatever reason, it, like in general, I'm sure a lot of my generation feels that way, feeling like I wish our parents would have been more open and about mental health issues. That's so interesting because you're younger than me, so I would have assumed that your parents would be more open to it, but I guess not. I think if it... I um, think now, definitely, parents who are my age are way more understanding and they're very into their children, making sure that their children have everything that they need in order to be successful in dealing with their, their... depression or whatever anxiety issues that they have i just didn't know that it skipped yours it sort of did and it's interesting try not to get into too many details of but i guess that makes sense too but i know that like even in my family there had been a situation and he considered it so taboo about it that like it barely like i think the therapy barely was more than a month, if that. Mm. And it was to deal with anchor issues. This was, like, when I was a child. And then, like, it was, like, never spoken about again. Mm-hmm. He essentially refuses to do anything again. 
And I think that's also to bring up a point, obviously, there's a huge difference with women and mental health and men and mental health as well. Because, like, there, I mean, there's just an in general toxic masculinity issue. Like, people, like, what strength means in a man versus what strength means in a woman. Mm-hmm. And, like, trying to reverse those stereotypes. But... It's just very interesting knowing, yes, with with mental health in general. And I, I would say that it sort of skipped me, and, but I've, I never felt unsupported. Mm-hmm. But You there would have was, had to do the work to get it. Right. Like, in my mind, like I, like, I vividly remember, like, in sixth grade, knowing that I was like, I can't talk to my parents about this. Mm, okay. And so that's, like, knowing mm-hmm. that it skipped me in that respect for whatever reason. And if my parents knew that, they would have been like, why the hell? Because like, they're like, we would have. Right. But I somehow got that notion of sure. being like, I can't put this burden on them. Right. I think that even the next one, it'll be even easier and better in knowing that it's like, yeah. we, we can talk about this stuff and mm-hmm. this is okay and this is what's healthy and this mm-hmm. is, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. It's much better, but, like, but there's, still there's still weird gaps. In this situation. Therapy is important. Ah. Yeah. Mental health is Mental really, health. really important and take care of it and take care of yourselves and don't worry about what other people think about it. Know that you're taking care of yourself and you're doing it for you. Easier said than done though. Easier said than done. That's where the meditation comes in because you literally have to constantly remind yourself sure. and reset yourself to be like, that's right. That's I can't control that. That's mm-hmm. not something that's part of my problem. So I just will do this. But I also feel like if you don't want to feel the way that you feel. Mm-hmm. Then, then it's important for oh, you to God, yeah. put an emphasis on it. But I know that that's hard. It's so. hard. Yeah, and it's hard for a lot of people because mm-hmm. they have to realize and know that it's a problem in the first place. Right, and that they deserve to Obviously, be happy. Obviously, took me into my 30s to realize codependency mm-hmm. and the real meaning and, and all that. So. so do it, people. Take do care it. of yourselves. Think of growth in a positive light. Don't look at... There's not work negative. involved, but it's, it's... It's it's not great work. So much better it's when you're later. Horrible work. <laughs> it's not fun. You don't want to do it. It's icky, but it does it does help. I will say that. Well, I think that's because there's the shame factor of realizing, oh my God, something that I thought was whatever is and normal my whole life. It's oh, not. Oh, yeah. I've been affecting people sure. or I've been doing this in which I thought was doing this, but it wasn't. Or, you know, yeah, it's hard to think you might be a bad person. Add on, this is what possibly made you that mm-hmm. bad person. Yeah. And then be like, oh, fuck, now not, not only do I feel worse, but <laughs> I have to work even harder to make me Overcome a better person. So I get it. <laughs> just drink and fuck random Smoke. peeps. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the last thing that Amanda, when she was answering questions of people, she she was like, basically, know when to block them mm. and know when it's time to go, which I think is a really important thing to um, keep in mind because <laughs> there are points in time where I knew it was time to go, and yet didn't. still my black ass was still sitting there like, oh, well, you know. I think I can fix it or it might be fine. And you kind of ignore <laughs> all of these like big glaring things that are sh- just showing themselves and flashing. Like, I have hey, a question hey, hey. then. So like some people, most people would say long-term relationships, you have to work through it anyway. What, mm-hmm. what do you think makes someone decide that's the moment to leave or this is the moment to work through? For me personally, and in my own personal experiences, I think those times are when you are when you're working to change and make things better, and it's not being reciprocated, or you're doing this alone. If you feel like you're in it by yourself, then that's probably the time to go okay. because then you know that you are you're growing and you're changing, but this person is remaining stagnant in this place, right? And that's probably. A really good indicator that it might be time to go. And no, after you've said several times, hey, we mm-hmm, should do this mm-hmm, or you should do that or we should do the other, and it's still not happening, that's probably the time to go. I think for me, obviously, the, my time was when Bjorn could not stop drinking and I decided to stay in it and then ended up drinking right. and making a big mistakes that caused the end of our relationship. Like forcing your relationship to end versus you just ending it. Then me just accord. walking out when I should have because I said 
this and then you couldn't even do that because you don't have the self-control or the wherewithal to choose us over Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. alcohol. That's when I should have. But instead, because I was programmed, obviously, my family, that's what we do, is that we stay with all the men who have all sorts of weird vices, either with drinking or smoking or smoking by, I mean, pot or other things. Um, All the men have a vice of some kind. That's detrimental to your to them and to your situation that you're in as well, mm-hmm. and has caused lives to be lost as a result. Well, for sure, as it as it impacts their health. So I think it's and we just stay in it because that's just what we do, right? Right. You work through it. You stay in it. You just kind of put that off to the side and keep trying to push it forward. That does a disservice to yourself, and it does a disservice to them as well. Definitely a disservice to yourself because you have to then overcompensate in so many other areas. And, you know, resentment starts to build up. You make mistakes like I did. A lot of other things end up manifesting themselves in in those situations. Or you just end up further into a depression that you can't get out of. So do you think, because I think of huge, when I say huge, I mean long relationships Because there are some times that I, you know, you speak to people who are like, oh, we've been together for 40 years. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, they'll be like, wow, that's such a long time. It is a long Congratulations. And then we're like, oh, there's been like periods of like two years of terribleness. Mm -hmm. And then we get through it. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck? Two years is a long time to be in a situation. But somehow they work through it. And whether that means that they were also trying to work and that's why they continued forth or whatever. But I guess what I'm trying to say is, is do you think that that's why people are divorcing more is because they're understanding and realizing their self-worth and being like, you're not working. Or do you think that it's more of a fear factor? It's just like, I mean, you can see the statistics on it being like, oh yeah, now it's like 50-50 almost. And, but that doesn't mean anything of the why. No. And there could be a number of reasons, right? For sure. I mean, there's not a right or wrong answer here. I'm just curious if it's like, there you go. <laughs> your thought was stats again. I'm just. I'm not looking for stats. I'm just legitimately like, because it's it's interesting to think back of being like, Dad, this is why relationships end is because so many people are like, you're not fulfilling a need of whatever reason. I think it's great if they do end because people are realizing their needs aren't being met. Right. In my circumstance and in the legacy of my family, that's not something we we have the strength to do. Right. Right. I mean, my grandmother obviously made some changes in her life because she was being physically abused and left, but it took a minute to get there. I think that it's more common, especially maybe in us 20th century Mm -hmm. people to stay in a situation because that's what you do, right? You stay because you can't get divorced because it's frowned upon. And if you leave, what does that look like for you? And all is you're worrying about all of these other extraneous factors that really don't matter because it's really more about you but we were never really trained or had that experience to know that it's no it's not about all of you people and what you think and what you say and how you're telling me that I should live my life fuck you I'm getting my ass kicked in here every goddamn day you're not I'm out right. you know or right. you think that you have to stay for the kids or very common, you have to do that for whatever reasons you feel you have to. Sometimes it's a monetary thing. Sometimes it's kids. Sometimes it's whatever. But a lot of people feel they have to stay for certain reasons and they don't spend the time to focus on themselves to say, but my needs aren't being met. These things aren't happening. Maybe I did get married too early. And that's the other thing too. A lot of people don't want to admit they made a mistake. Oh, for sure. I mean, there's so many, I'm still shocked to this day that I know of three marriages that happened at 18 because they wanted to have sex. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. It's at this day and age, that seems ludicrous to me. Mm-hmm. And knowing that, you know, it happened to work out for, you know, maybe a couple of them, but knowing that it's like, oh yeah, I'm not shocked that was divorce because, and whether that be just because of both families, the tradition, the mm-hmm. religion, the whatever, but yeah, so. Well, and again, like we talked <laughs> about this on another podcast about Beyonce and the fact right. that she stayed in it, mm-hmm. even though... He did all kinds of stupid shit to her, Mm -hmm. but he worked on himself. And I think that that's the thing. It's like, you can sort of stay in a situation, but everybody's got to work 
Right. There's and work came, involved. Yeah, it came to a head of something happened where Beyonce, I'm assuming, well, due to lemonade and all that, what she's talking about. again. But just saying, you know, like, here's where we're fucking at, so what you gonna do? Right. You know, I'm what, out. What's... I'll be okay. I don't need right. you. Right. And then whether or not the response, as you said, mm-hmm. of being like, okay, yeah, we're working on this and like, sure. this is what's happening. But also, everybody has to work on it individually right. and then come together as a unit and work on it that way. So. That's where therapy comes in. <laughs> and that's where therapy and, and again, kudos to Jay Z yes. for going to therapy and kind of starting to break that stigma, especially in the black community, especially for yes. black men, that therapy is a horrible thing. Like, it is a good thing because you get to keep Beyonce as your wife. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then you get to keep your version of Beyonce as your wife or girlfriend if you decide to work on the situation and get your head together and your head, right? It's, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. How interesting for those kids to grow up, by the way. <laughs> grow up at some point and then be like, oh, lemonade is about that. Huh. Mm. <laughs> Especially for Blue. She's probably like, shit, I remember when we left. <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, but I mean, it's a true story. I mean, I remember there was a time, like, even in my parents' relationship where I was like, I remember my mom left for like a week. I was like, I remember dad being kind of this way. And it was a young enough, but old enough, mm-hmm. you know, and me bringing it up later and then being like, oh, yeah, that was the point where all of a sudden, you know, like, I decided that I wasn't here for this and this isn't what we were going to do. And my dad being like, yeah, and I kind of had to, like, figure, figure it out and realize that, like, yeah, this yeah. isn't traditional, you know, welcome to, which just brings me to another point and being like, if I can remember a simple, like a happy household, remember that tiny little span of time mm-hmm. of a stupid piece of like whatever, which mm-hmm. isn't actually that stupid, but like sure. that small separation. One week. Imagine these fucking children sure. who are being taken away. Oh God. Who have like had this, they officially have PTSD, every single one of them. I don't oh, care what obviously they say. do. And the ones that they will not give back to their parents. No. Because for whatever reasons are going yeah, to go fucking through deadline. every would they I mean now they're off they're orphans most yep. of them now what are they going to do with these kids yep. sorry no, just <gasps> segue <laughs> well it came into my head where I was just like man if I'm a thirty one well, year old who can remember trauma. that small We're talking about little thing yeah. of being like mom was gone sure and there was a weirdness going well, on I that mean, I could feel and even though they didn't talk about it like I knew something was up imagine mm-hmm. literally being separated from both of your parents and being in this way like sure. They will for the rest of their lives have right. this as Mark. Absolutely. And again, because of resources and means, mm-hmm. we'll probably not get help for it. And then we'll be an MS-13. And then we'll bring drugs into our country. And then we'll kill us all the way that they keep saying that they're going to kill us all. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is ridiculous. Our country's in a great place, people. Yay. <laughs> Therapy! <laughs> but that just means that's... Also, the reason why we do this is also because we were trying to perpetuate love and yes. thought and healing and different perspective sharing and understanding of other people's points of view. Because I think that that's important for yes time, especially, that we have to start understanding where people are coming from, how they got here. Right. And, and, that's and opening yourself up. I think in the way that we do in terms of talking about love and the construct of it, it opens you up differently because then it, it allows you to really embrace and understand and have more empathy. I think there's, you need a touch of that, but you also need that reflection because if you can't reflect upon yourself and understand your own issues and what and realizing that you've made mistakes and that you're growing mm-hmm. it's and that hard. other people you can't can apply well. that to your life and realize because that is it, i it happens to me consistently all the time where you can just group all republicans into an area you know it's very easy to be like you have no empathy how can this continue on how can what you know it's like most of that is not true or like they have whatever they're going through too or you know looking at them as individuals versus as a group or like i'm definitely one of those people who can easily do that i'm doing it right now oh yeah and it's that's that's the hardest one for me to get over like it's i i have not yet popped that bubble of allowing myself to to do that because at least within whomever is in office right now i can't Mm-hmm. Like, I legitimately can't. But it is important because the more you can grow 
and allow you, you to love yourself allows that to move forward. Sure. And to pay other, that forward. Yes. And to but realize that the person... Again, I'm not saying be stupid about it either, you No, God's no. I'm just saying... Because when you realize you have self-worth, you're also going to be like, mm, there's yeah. that dickery. Then you'll be able to know when to block them. Yep. So <laughs> we've turned it full circle back mm-hmm. into what we need to talk about. Then that's when you know when it's time to go and be like, okay, you're still... In your little space yep. and in your feelings or whatever, and boop boop, bye bye. Yep, yep. Got to move on to the next thing. Yep. Can't stay here trying to figure it out. People have so. to want to change and be able to do their own growth of change. Sure, it's 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 a lot of work, 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 work. Just like Rihanna says. Anything else you wanted to add to it? No. Cool. I think we're good. Yay! We finally ended something. Was on well, a, I guess tied it up a bow. I was but tell- now here we go. <laughs> I was gonna say, was there anything that you disliked about what she said? Ever. Because I remember you saying, like, ah, it was interesting. So I was curious. It was interesting just because my experience with breakups has been, like, total chaos and shakeups in my own personal self where okay. I shut myself down and stopped feeling and doing those sorts of things. Okay. But so it wasn't like I you're think like, that, I like, disagree. I didn't disagree with anything that okay. she said, but it's just interesting to see. It's nice that people can have something like this to reference as they go mm. through something going forward. I think that if I had... A podcast like this, if that was a thing back when I was going right. through this, then maybe that would have helped my perspective setting. In the in the end, it probably wouldn't because I'd still be going through whatever because of other factors. For sure, for sure. So, you know, right. it's just, it's nice to have, it's good to listen to, and there are points in time, even if you're in the darkest places, that some things will end up resonating with you and you might write something down or it might just stay with you. And then you can take that when you... When you need it the most and mm-hmm, implement mm-hmm, it. So mm-hmm. there's our bow. <laughs> oh, finally. <laughs> bow. Again, you know, rate us, review, so Subscribe. that we can kind of go up on the charts or get close to a chart <laughs> or get close to the bottom rung of the ladder. I'm not going to ask you to email because it's not going to happen, but like follow us on Instagram. Mm hmm. Twitter, Twitter is going to be more of a focus. Oh, so the, yes, yeah, so there's, uh, it's Bad at Love Podcast. However, our Twitter handle is Bad at Love Pod. Yes. They don't. But everything else is at Bad at Love Podcast. Indeed. So, have at it. Enjoy. Be safe. Morse code. She's a homegirl. <laughs>